Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, and welcome to the Near and Queer to My Heart podcast. I am your host, Amanda G, and I am excited to be back with this episode. This episode, we have Misty Gaither, or as some of you know her, Johnny Passion. Misty is a performer. She's a drag king. She's a host. She has her own talk show. Every Wednesday, let's talk about it. It's on Facebook Live. It's on YouTube. Check it out every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. She does some amazing things, but the thing I love most about Misty is she cares so much about the community. Everything she does is to build the community, to keep the community together, to make people feel connected, to make people feel loved, to let them know that somebody out there gives a shit about them. And that person is Misty. And this episode was really cool too, because we got to record in person live in the same space, which I haven't done in such a long time. Uh, We did some video recording, which we've literally never done because I am bad at technology. And (laughs) We were able to figure it out, though. We were able to to do that and really connect. And I will say, we even made Misty misty misty-eyed a little bit (laughs) midway through the episode. But it was good. It was all positive. And we had a really good time with this. And if you stay tuned at the end of the episode, uh, we have a clip of Misty singing to her wife. Beautiful. It's going to bring tears to your eyes. And we don't have copyright for this music. So I'm saying it now. Uh, It is a karaoke version of a song. And it's amazing, and we're so happy to have Misty, and we're so happy to have you here. So, friendly reminder, there's a million ways to support us. The easiest way to support us, it's free. Like us on social media. Subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review. Five stars, pretty, pretty, please. Social media at Queer to My Heart on Twitter, Near and Queer to My Heart on Instagram and Facebook. And I don't know what we're waiting for. Let's get to it. Let's get to Misty Gaither. Okay, so this is really cool. We get to do a live recording of the Near and Queer to My Heart podcast. And I'm very excited for this because it is post-COVID and we can do this again. And it's amazing. I'm Amanda G. We're here with Misty Gaither, our guest right now, Misty. How's your day been? My day has been pretty good. It's, you know, kind of mundane so far. That's know, good, right? The day job, <laughs> right. You know, no excitement so far today. So I think like now. post-COVID, we're just like a boring day. That's that's good. That's, that's totally fine day. with me. Yeah, it's a good day. So I first met you and knew you when you were performing as Johnny Passion, mm-hmm. um, hosting, doing drag. Were you doing other types of performance at that time? Mostly just singing live, the Johnny Passion thing like I did for a while. And I always sang live at different places. So I kind of filtered out the the beard and, you know, I would just sing as myself because it really wasn't a big stretch between (laughs) me and Johnny Passion. You know, just mostly the beard. 
I can't remember. It's been years since like we first were yeah, in yeah. each other's circles. But like, when did Johnny Passion start? How did Johnny Passion start? Like, what was that desire to be on stage and perform in drag? And how did the name Johnny Passion come about? Okay. Well, I've always, I guess I should say, performed or was on some kind of stage ever since I was like three years old. Uh, my dad was a, a minister, of a preacher. We're going to put a pin in that. Right. We always pin, come back right? to <laughs> pin that. Uh, and so ever since I was three, he would have me. Like I would be before the church singing and I would sing and sing and different places and sing. So always, you know, that kind of put the love of, I couldn't, I, I don't want to say performing because you don't perform, I guess, in church really. But, well, you but like, for God. Yeah. But, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I guess the way I was raised, like, I, I don't want to refer to it as performing back then, but, you know, it just kind of put the, instilled the love of, um, of performing. <laughs> Even though I don't want to say performing, yeah. but it did. Of song. Yeah, a song, you know, praising the Lord. Song, right. And so, through uh, your gift. Yes. And I'm, I'm really thankful for that. It has opened uh, a lot of doors for me. The Johnny Passion actually started, I'm trying to think of the year. I think it was like 2008. And I used to be a bartender at the lesbian bar, uh, the Sanctuary in Metairie. I remember that bar. Yeah. And I would bartend there. And then they had the drag shows. And so I don't know if, if you know of Lady Magic, Nisha Benoit. She's, matter of fact, having a, her, a show. She's been performing like 36 years, 37 years. And she would have her show at that time there. And so they asked me. I've never, I had never done drag, never... Um, performed like that in my life and so they asked me would I consider doing that and I'm like okay and then I didn't really understand because you know like I said I was kind of sheltered a lot growing up and so I, I, I certainly didn't know about drag even as I got a little older I didn't understand what that was but you know they kind of explained it to me because you know you'd see the drag queens but you know even now there's not a lot of of drag kings yeah there's no like RuPaul's drag race for drag kings <clears throat> no and and it's a shame because we have uh so many great performers mm-hmm. especially here in New Orleans and you know it's just you don't get the same press you don't get the same recognition or appreciation but i didn't know all that then all i knew is i was supposed to wear a beard and and you know try to to look like a male, and then they're like, well, you have to have a name. And I said, well, how about, I liked Johnny Cash. And so I was like, well, how about Johnny? And they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I can't remember who it was. It was it was a guy, and so I was talking with him and a few others, and we were trying to figure out, like, a, a last name. Because I never, I've never had, you know how some people have, like, drag moms and a drag family and all yeah. that? Like, and then that makes your last name easy. Right, just you just take it on. Right, yeah, you just take it on. But your house of whatever. Right, the house of whatever. And, passion. Right, <laughs> and he just. I was like, I don't know what you know. And he just looked at me and he goes, Passion, and that was it, Johnny Passion. And it's more of a you know, not really like a romantic thing. It's more like that's what anything that I do, especially for the community, it's with passion. You know, so that, I think that's what. It, it fits you well, because Johnny, too, I know Johnny Cash isn't, like, super suave, but Johnny kind of has a suaveness, and I'm, when I see you sing, like, you do have a suaveness because you're so comfortable singing, and you're very good at singing, and so I, like, I, I thought that might have factored into it somewhere. So, let's back up. You pinned something. We, we pinned Minister's Daughter, mm-hmm. so take us through childhood, and then 
I, I guess this, I ask like a bunch of questions because I feel like questions they're all just like related. So instead of me being like this and this and this and this, like I'm gonna put them all together. So what we have here is we have minister's daughter, mm-hmm. we have bartender at mm-hmm. lesbian bar sanctuary that no longer exists because none of the lesbian bars exist anymore. And we're gonna put a pin in that because we, yeah, <laughs> we will discuss that. that right. But but take where'd you like where were you born, raised, what was childhood like? Okay. Well, I was raised and it was a little bitty town in North Louisiana. It's by Winsboro, which is a small town in itself. But this town was like like a four-way stop. And it had a church, of course, because, you know, if you don't have a church and a family dollar, you just like burn and go to hell. It's not a town. Though. Right, it's not. Or a dollar general is like you don't count. <laughs> but it didn't even have one of those. It just had a church and like a little general store. And it was and the name of it actually was Jigger. Oh, I thought you were just going to say general store. No, no, no. <laughs> Jigger was the name of the town. And so that's where I kind of... You know, my dad would preach there and, and, and other places, but that's where I got my, my, my family lived, and that's kind of where I, you know, began the journey of shelter. And mm-hmm. I mean, I mean to be honest, was raised hardcore Pentecostal. Okay. I was going to ask next, the religion. Yeah. Um, I could have guessed Pentecostal based on the context clues that were given. Right. And so, you know, like my hair was like almost to my, my butt. Can you believe that? No. no. <laughs> and no eyeliner or man liner, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and just no TV, no. So, I, you know, I had to read a lot. And so that kind of, I can't slam it all the way, you know, because, you know, there were negative things, of course. But it just kind of, you know, it all wasn't bad. You know, like I said, I got to read a lot and I got to learn about more subjects and kind of, you know, try to be of, of service. To learn that part was kind of cool. Yeah, and I feel like you take that into, like, your performance. You know, you're always doing, and we'll talk about, you know, the show that you're doing now and all that, but, like, I feel like you're always doing fundraisers. You're always promoting other people's stuff. That message has carried through past the religious message and into, like, I'm part of a community that I want to further that and you, community. You have to be that way because it's, it's all about us. It's not about me. It's about, you know, the way that I look at it is if you don't succeed in what you want to do, then I really don't succeed because it takes us all. And if only one person or two people get to succeed, then it doesn't mean as much to me. That's just the way that I look at it. Yeah, positive positive way to look at it. Yeah. So small town, I assume you knew everybody in town? Sure, I was related, like, to 90% <laughs> of the people there. And, and it was, you know, um, last year my mom passed away, and, and we went through it one more time. And it was just, just kind of, I don't know, sad is the word. It was just kind of a... Um, it was just weird. I guess backtracking real quick because I'm still stuck on the fact that you grew up in a town called Jigger, Louisiana. <laughs> do you know where that name came from? Well, actually, I do. It was one of the, I, I could say founding fathers, but one of the important people that lived there. His son, you know, they were trying to decide what they were going to name the town, and that was his nickname. And so he came up when they were trying to go, why don't we just call it Jigger? And everyone was like, that's a great idea. It was like, oh, my God, (laughs) we only have a four-way stop. You know, it was either four-way stop or Jigger. You know, that's, I guess that was the only two they could choose I feel like they put them both in a hat and just. Yeah, they was like, oh, Jigger one, yeah. (laughs) Guess that's the name. (laughs) All right, so um, you finished high school, like you lived there all the way through childhood? No, no, no. Um, We we moved, and I was in Texas and and graduated high school there, went to a uh, Bible college for a while in Texas, and then moved back to the um, Winsboro Monroe area. What is, so a Bible college, does that mean you're training to be a minister, a nun, or some sort of, or you just only learn the Bible? Well, I learned a lot. Of, well, 
being raised like I was, I, I and then attended, um, you know, Christian school and stuff, and you had to learn, like, whole chapters and stuff. And I was majoring in religious education because I, I was hoping to be, like, a teacher. Or if I was lucky, snag me a man and, <laughs> and be a preacher's wife, you know? That's the true dream. Yeah, right. That, that, was, MRS that was degree. Right. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was trying to get that MRS degree back then as hard as With I could. With that long hair. But that long hair was kicking. No, because in the college, you had to wear it up or you would burn and go to hell oh, but clearly yeah, uh, with the tv and everything else but yeah i had to wear you, you had to wear your hair up except on saturdays you could wear it down why i don't know i'm sure it was, <laughs> well, i don't know why it was <laughs> but you couldn't on sunday because you went to church so therefore you had to have your hair up but yeah i had to have my hair what up. do they say uh the higher the hair the closer to god well, no, actually, now I say the higher the hair, the closer to Chalmette. <laughs> Maybe that's what they were meaning. Not the Chalmette part, but the God yeah. part. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> we have some some listeners that are not from the New Orleans area. Is there a way to describe Chalmette to people? Um, I know we call them the Chalmations. It's in St. Bernard Parish. It's a little outside of New Orleans. Trying to find a way to describe it without shitting on it too much. Um, but... Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Trump supporting? Interesting. Racist? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but, you know, you may say that it, it, consider it racist or whatever, but the big Civic Center is where all the gay carnival crews have their, their uh, Mardi Gras balls. Okay. And they'll take our money. <laughs> yeah, they'll take the money, right. It's just like all these corporations that are all like, oh, it's Pride Month? Now we do rainbow everything. Right. I mean, even Skittles are... You know. yeah. Skittles is like, we're not the rainbow this month because it's your time to shine. Right. But they're like, didn't they do something like make them? They made them like gray. Yeah, like, gray. Because yeah, they're, they're like, like we do it every month. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then it's like, but you get, so Skittles gets 11 months and then they're like, well, we'll give you all your rainbow back for one month. For one month. Exactly. And we're supposed to be like, we love Skittles. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. I do love Skittles, but I have the problem where I eat so many that my jaw hurts and I don't stop eating them. So you have a Skittle addiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay. keep them away from me. I like the sour kind, the, the sour Skittles. You can't you can't chew those till you hurt with the sour ones. Yeah, you just kind of. <laughs> like know. you're a baseball player. Right, you got to, yeah, it's kind of like that, yeah. All right, so Texas college, Bible college, you finished college? No, what? I never found that MRS degree there. <laughs> you might have found it, and that's why you no, didn't finish college. Not, not there. When you get not the there. MRS degree... You don't need the actual you degree. Just, you can automatically drop out with <laughs> honors. Yeah. <laughs> in the honor society because you got the MRS degree. But no, I, I didn't finish. And I went back around to Winsboro, which is like 10 miles from Jigger, and lived there. And, and then I moved here about 22 years ago. So it's a long way. I always say it's a long way. From Jigger to New Orleans, (laughs) even though it's like maybe three and a half hours or four hours. But in in like symbolism, Mm -hmm. it's a long way from being that, what I was supposed to be, to what's going on now. It's like, whoa. And had you been to New Orleans? Because I I could feel like it would be a total culture shock to come from like a small town where your dad's the minister to go to a Bible college where there's probably lots and lots of rules about what you can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. And then you come to New Orleans and there's just like naked people in the street. Mardi Gras and all the parties and all the drinking and all this and just the debauchery essentially. Had you like been in when you were a kid or did you just decide to move here and you were like, holy shit, what is this? I came to visit a little while before I decided to to move here a couple of times, but never really delved into anything. Um, you know, kind of, I think maybe went to Bourbon a time or two, but it was real tame and I never really knew the in-depth part of it. You know, I didn't really 
like I said, I, I never knew, but I knew this is where I could be myself. I didn't know that part. Were you a bartender? How do you go also from like, I'm assuming there was no alcohol in, in your world. Correct. Allowed or, right. you know, I don't know what you believe or people believe alcohol is a sin, I guess. Yes. And um, what else? Oh, TV. Yes. TV is a sin. Yes. So you missed out too. Okay. Let's go back to that for a second. <laughs> do you like that? Um, <laughs> well, no, I just, I, I think because TV is, it's, I probably watched too much as a kid, but like it connects you with people, especially now with like nostalgia. It's like mm-hmm. there's certain shows that, you know, someone mentions it. I'm like, oh my God, Gilmore Girls. Like I remember, you know, the first time I ever watched that show, like, and, and sometimes you're making jokes and you're like, oh, just like the Spice Girls or whatever. And like, you don't, I guess you're like, oh, well, I read Little House on the Prairie. So let's, I did you know, many times. Let's make that reference. Set. But right. did you no. like feel, did you, when you started watching TV, I don't know if you do, or maybe you still believe that, but like, do you feel like you had a lot of catching up to do? Or were you like, I actually preferred not having that well I did get to watch tv some because I would go spend the night at my grandpa's house and he would you know he had a tv and so I would watch you know different shows and and so I did it wasn't like I totally missed out but when I was at home zero you know no rock music no nothing like that so you know now I see I watch on the game show networks and you know, like some of the shows that were on back then. And I'm like, oh, I remember that. Or, you know, something on what TV land. I mean, not that old. Like the way back in the black and white era, but not that old. TV land has Full House now. Yeah, yeah. They have all these shows that I grew up with. And I'm like, I'm not that old. I'm not TV land old. Yeah, I grew up with that too. But I might be, I am now TV land old. But it used to be like, yeah, Andy Griffith's show. and like Right, no, I was way back. Not that far back. But yeah, you know, it's... I try to, you know, if if I dwell on it, the negative, you know, it would really mess with me. But I choose to use what I, what I learned and the gift, you know, the different gifts that I think that I was blessed with, and you know, use that to help us. Mm-hmm. So, because I just don't really see me being a minister's wife now. <laughs> not with that haircut. <laughs> no, not anytime soon. <laughs> no, I mean, you could let it down on Saturday, but like. <laughs> right, after that, it's all, all put up with them hairpins and Aquanet. <laughs> Probably in the Bible somewhere. I'm sure I missed that part, but yes, he, yeah. did, he gave us Aquanet, especially if your hair is like real high to Chalmette. It's a lot of Aquanet there. <laughs> Yeah, so what was it like when you first got to New Orleans? What was that? Well, actually, um, I came here for a job, and I'm still at the job 20-something years later, so my day job. And I didn't really start going out. Like I said, I was I didn't know what to do. And as far as, I mean, this is sad, but or maybe it was good, and I didn't realize it until now, but like as far as like drinking and all that. I didn't do that because, you know, that I just didn't know. And I remember when I first started drinking, which is kind of true now, though, so it really doesn't <laughs> correlate. But it's like I didn't know how to drink at all. Like oh, yeah. I didn't know what to order. So if I went anywhere, what I would do is I would go and look for stuff I had read about and just order the names. <laughs> I'll take a Brandy Alexander. What the hell is that? <laughs> I don't even, to this day, even as a bartender, I don't even know what that is. Except it was like a drag. Now I know that it's the drag queen's name, but not for the drink. But anyway, if I had read about it, then I was like, oh, I want to try that because I read about it in a book. But not because, you know. You had a lot of weird alcohol. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, when I first started drinking, I 
was definitely like way underage and didn't know how to drink either. And that's the thing you don't know. So you just go by like what you see on TV. Right. So it's like I'd order Bud Light because they had a ton of Bud Light commercials. Mm-hmm. Or I remember this is how they could tell you were underage is all the girls would get screwdrivers. Right. Because that's what they had in the movies. And it's like no one actually drinks screwdrivers all night. No one's drinking like orange juice and vodka all night. No. Like you're getting their your vodka tonic, your vodka soda, your martini. You know, and then when Sex in the City came out, everyone's getting Cosmos. And it's mm-hmm. like okay, we know you don't understand how drinking works, which means you're probably underage and shouldn't be here. Yeah, but I was way overage. I shouldn't have been there. <laughs> they're probably well, you, like, you know, it's the same they're mentality. Probably, where yeah, it's they're like, like, who the hell is this? Yeah. I remember one, one of the first times I had ever got, like, deathly sick from drinking alcohol was, was at MD 2020 or what a bad dog. Oh, really. yeah. Mad ooh, dog. Ooh. <laughs> and Strawberry Hill. Well, it tastes good. Though. I, look, I like I cannot. I, like I cannot even smell that. <laughs> but you was asking about how I got kind of like in the bartending. Mm-hmm. And so I started going and hanging out at the sanctuary. And so it was a karaoke night. When we first started going, it was like maybe five people that went. And then we just started building it up, building it up. And then it was soon like a hundred. And, I mean, we'd be just like lazy palooza like mm-hmm. this and there. And so the owner, he asked me, he goes, hey, have you ever thought about bartending? And I'm like, I don't know. He goes, well, you can make really good money, blah, blah, blah. And so threw me in there. I didn't probably know what half of the drinks were called. And I just started learning. And, and I, I bartended part-time. For a while, for years, until maybe about, what, two or three years ago. About two years ago, I bartended up till then. I remember saying, sure, I used to go there for karaoke night. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was this, like, really cheesy uh, KJ. Yeah, for the black hair. To, yeah, and yeah. he used to have these, like, blow-up guitars that he would yes. just go ape yeah, shit with. that was the kid. Yeah, yeah the kid. Each, we probably saw each oh, other yeah. then because... Yeah, the kid, yeah. But I was, like, newly out, and the fact that I was, like, even in this space was enough for me. Like, I didn't talk to anybody. It's a whole other world, but, like, karaoke brings the people together. It does. I I enjoy, it's, like, kind of a, I don't know if addiction's the right word. I mean, I wouldn't, like, spend my rent on on going to karaoke, but, you know, it's, like, I just love that. I love the, what it, you know, like you said, the kind of the atmosphere, the friendships that it, you know, that it makes and just getting up there and singing and getting up, like, you know, Friday nights, just about every Friday I try to go and kind of blows off steam. And then my wife, she comes and joins us sometimes and, you know, enjoy, you've, you've came and, and yeah. hung out <laughs> and it's fun. And I just, I just like that whole. What I, what I love about karaoke, I think I tell everyone you should try karaoke once and you should try stand up comedy once because there's like a certain adrenaline rush to it. But with karaoke, if you find a good karaoke song, which for me means it's not too repetitive, it's familiar to people, mm-hmm. it doesn't go too long and it doesn't have too many musical breaks. And then I go drink break yeah. every time. Right? Yeah. And then you're like, we did that five times yeah, already. Right, like, move, move it on. Or if it's like a song that just keeps repeating itself over and over and even the person that's singing is like, I'm done with this. It's not a, to me, a successful karaoke song. But if you find a good karaoke song and you get the whole room going, that adrenaline and that dopamine is so amazing. It is. And, and the high, you know, yeah. like you're saying, that's the, ah, it's, I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. I love it. It is addicting and, and I, I just enjoy going. Like, I don't yeah. think you'd spend your rent money on it, but I think you would give up other things instead of giving up karaoke. Are you kind of like at that level? Mm. <laughs> you're like, it depends on what you're talking about. Well, not well, not so much because this Friday is actually uh, my wife and I, a uh, six-year, no, five-year, no, <laughs> five-year, five-year, 
five year five year wedding <laughs> legally wedding anniversary. We've been together twelve, but so and we're going out of town Friday. So evidently, I'm not addicted, or I'd be like Saturday sounds better to me. You know. <laughs> All right. Well, let's um. I'm going to lead up to the, to the wife because we ha- definitely have to talk about your, to. your lovely wife. So this is another question I ask. Um, I ask this in every episode pretty much, and I ask it in like a, a couple different questions. Okay. Uh, but it's basically the coming out journey. Like, When did you first come out to yourself? When did you start coming out to other people? And then I don't know if this applies since you were doing drag, but like when did you come out on stage or like not just like other people, like friends and family, but like in public settings? Okay. I kind of came out late in life. What do you consider late? Because I was just so talk- you're trying to get my age, and I'm not following. No, for no, it, not no. One I was bit. just I was in Pensacola at a Pride comedy festival, mm-hmm. and there was this 18 year old kid that was there, and he was like, "I just came out last year. It was so late." And me and like everyone else there were like, "No, right. no, that's not late." I came out at 23, and I always thought that was like really late to come out. Yeah, and it was when I look back because it's like, oh. I always knew, and if I would have just come out sooner, my whole life's trajectory would have been different, but I also wasn't ready, you know? Right, yeah. I was 30. Okay. 30-ish. Yeah. 30, yeah. Um, There's no I, right or wrong, like, no, age no, no, to come no. out. No, 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 Like I said, I just don't want to do no math. <laughs> but I was... Well, um, I'm not asking. So but, that was 19... Right. Uh, 90... <laughs> whatever. Uh, it was, you know, I was, my, I was 30, I think, 29, 30, and... So if you can imagine how I was raised, and it wasn't just like me telling, you know, my parents or my, my mom or whatever, you know, hey, I'm, I'm gay. But it was also kind of a kind of an inner struggle, too, mm-hmm. because when you're raised a certain way and you're you're told and it's like hammered and, you know, that it's a sin and it's, you know, you know, you're going to hell and, you know, you can't be that way. And if you have those feelings, you better not tell nobody and you keep it in, and which I did. You know, I married. And I uh, have a son. And it, it just, you know, it wasn't a good time when I came out. Let me put it this way. Even though I was older, it wasn't a good time. And so it kind of, it, it cost. But the reward that I have now is so much better than what I lost. So, no, I mean, and that's the hard thing, too, especially, you know, once you have, you know, you're married and you have a child, you, you have other people that are now a factor in everything. Right. So, I mean, it's, you know, I, I try... I mean, I have a, you know, everybody has a story and it's, you know, I, I don't want everybody to think mine's like, oh my God, you know, it's gloom and doom. And it's not because I, I think if I had to keep on the way that I was going, it would have had a different ending. I don't think that I could have kept going like I was, you know, even yeah. though I always try to please everybody and, you know, I got, no, I can't do this because my mom won't be happy or I can't do this because this one won't be happy. But I, you know, I just think that, if I hadn't have done it, you know, it wouldn't, we, I wouldn't be here. I really believe that, you know, so. Was there like a particular moment or was it just like a culmination of I need to change something in my life? Or was there like one or two or three or 10 things that you're like, if this happens one more time, like I need to, I need to vocalize this or finally put like my feelings ahead of like everyone else's or I don't know if you had a genuine fear of I don't know how religious you were like some Mm -hmm. people genuinely thought I will go to hell forever sure so Mm -hmm. I cannot have these feelings but I still have them so what yeah it it was just like I finally like I gave myself a deadline a date a deadline and I had gave myself a deadline a couple of times. (laughs) I was going to say you did the first one. (laughs) No, you know, it it probably took about three times. And then finally I was like, you know, I just, I knew it was either I had to 
or I would be forever trapped mentally, physically, emotionally where I was. And I just, I could not, you know. So it was, it wasn't an easy decision. And, you know, I really admire people who, you know, I don't, I don't know if admire is the right word, but you know how some people, I'm gay and to hell with what everybody else thinks of me and I'm going to live my life. And, you know, I always think that's fine, but you leave something behind. You know, you know, when I think about it too, like before I came out to everybody, there's this fear mm-hmm. of like things are going to change and things right. that I don't want to change are going to change. And possibly people in my life now are not going to be in my life. Right. And do I want that or do I want to keep living where like they don't really know me? Right. There's always a part of me that I'm a different, like I used to be quiet and shy mm. and now I'm like performing on stage and doing like and doing all these things that like me before 23 would have never done that because I couldn't be me, mm-hmm. like, and that changed my whole life. Yeah, I think one of the reasons that you know maybe the performing, and I'm not here to psychoanalyze you mm. or anything, but you know, please do. It, oh, well, I don't have a ca- lay here on this table. <laughs> I don't have a therapist right now, so <laughs> right. I'll, I'll hey, take I'm, any. I'm cheaper, right? <laughs> I'll take any free advice. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying that maybe the reason why we like to perform so much or to be on stage is that it kind of validates you. Mm. You know, it kind of validates what you went through. I don't know yeah. that you're making your own rules. This is the real me. This is, and I think that that's a part. That's a part of it. For me also, I think it's like connecting with people because I yeah. felt like I was, I felt a, like I really felt like they say no man is an island. I felt like a fucking island all the time. I felt alone all the time. Even when I was out at a huge party, even when I was doing this or that or the other, I felt alone. And now I don't feel alone. And And I think part of like performing is I want to connect with people and yes. you can do that in a much bigger way when you're on stage, obviously. Right. And you, you have people who appreciate because you, you still have the gifts and you still have the talent. And then you, you, you know, were told maybe that it would be taken, that it wouldn't be the same if you left or whatever, but you have people that appreciate what you do. Yeah. And then you give that back to people. So it's kind of a, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really a, a cool thing, you know, and I, I love, I love to be on stage, and I don't know if you noticed that, but I, I, do, I do. I love <laughs> to be tell. on stage, and you know, and there are times that you know I have to take a little break here and there that I I don't uh, I try not to perform or be as crazy busy, but but I always go back to it because it's something in me that I have I have to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think too, in a way, it's like, and maybe not as much today, but still, you know, we still live in places where it's not safe for gay people. Sure. A little different today, but like, it's almost like an act of revolution to just get up on a mic and be like, I'm gay, to have, you know, greetings from Queer Mountain, a queer storytelling show where you're talking about your wife. Like, that's mm-hmm. in and of itself, like something that's important for other people to see. It is. And, and I, you know, try to lead. One of the things that I, I try to do, and I, I know I fail sometimes, but I try to lead by example. That's, you know, when you said about your wife, that's, don't make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about a happy story? I always roll back to a happy story. Yeah, I always yeah. like to ask this, but how did y'all meet? Oh, this is a happy story. Still with sin and sex. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not lying. We actually met at the sanctuary. Okay. And I was, as y'all know now, during this story that I was a bartender, if you'll go back. I was bartending, but that night I don't. I don't think I was working or it wasn't time for me to go, whatever. And it was actually Catherine's first night at a lesbian bar. 
And she was there with a friend, and I knew the friend. And so anyway, they came in, and so I was on the dance floor talking to other other people. Making the rounds. Making the rounds, <laughs> and hey. And I always do this even now, but always kind of hitch my like hitch my pants up when I'm talking. I'll talk, and I'll, I don't know. <laughs> and so when I did, I just looked, kind of looked, and, and she had blonde hair, like really blonde hair, like not, it wasn't blue. How high was it, though? No, 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 no. It was just like, right, it wasn't just how mad. It was like, it was a nice, mattery length height yeah. in the hair. But, um, mattery medium. Right, it was kind of medium. And so I, when I saw her, it caught my attention. And so I walked across the dance floor to where she was standing. And I'm like, hey, can I buy you a drink? Hey. Smooth. As I'm holding eye contact, that's important, kids, eye contact. <laughs> and, I mean, I didn't know at that moment that, you know, it was, but pretty soon after, yeah. Yeah, but you had this, like, instant, like, connection. Yeah, it was a connection. And you couldn't yeah. fight it. You just. No, just like, hey, wow. what do you, you know, what, I don't know. It was just kind of weird. Like, and then she, you know, like I said, that was her uh, first time being a lesbian bar. And then she's thinking she's going to, you know, meet this nice girl and have a quiet little lesbian life. And then <laughs> and then she's like, ah, you know, here, there, here, there, crazy. But she's my rock. You know, she always is my rock. No, y'all are definitely, like, relationship goals. I see that y'all, like, compliment each other. And you also, what I love in couples is when you can call each other out on your shit <laughs> and still be, like, totally cool after. Because you're like, no, actually, you're right, because you know me better than anybody. And it's true, because I, I, she's more the caller-outer. <laughs> but, of course, I'm the one that does the more stuff, you know, like, the more you're like, that's goofy how, stuff. You that's know, how she the balance do, should be. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, she doesn't do as much goofy stuff as I do or or she thinks before she leaps, and I'm more like, let's do it, let's do it. It's a good balance. Yeah, it, it is, and, and I think that it, it complements a lot that we do, you know, like the events that we do, and, and those are so important to us. It's kind of like a reflection on our marriage, you know, that, that especially Winter Wonderland. I don't, you've never got, I don't believe I've been to that, but hopefully this year we'll get to go. But that's really what we do several through the year. And that one is like our our baby, our heart. We're doing it's our tenth year this year. Oh, so, yeah! Last year it was canceled, right? <laughs> no, we actually had it in oh. Araby, which is by <laughs> Chalmette. <laughs> yeah, well, they didn't care about COVID. <laughs> no, they were like, we had it outside, and it was so bad. As soon as I got up there to talk, I'm like, uh, yes, I'd like to welcome everybody to Winter Wonderland Nine. And I shit you not, <sighs> wind, fire, rain <laughs> was like. Yeah, we were all like, and I was like talking real fast, and we kind of like, <laughs> right, thank you for coming. Okay, everybody grab your coats, and let's go. But it, it, we still was able to raise uh, money, not as much as we normally would have, but still during a pandemic, we still got to raise and donate money to a, a worthy local nonprofit. So we were happy about that. And then I always have to ask this because I don't know how I feel about marriage. I, I believe in if you find that person, commit to them for the rest of your life. I don't know how I feel about the government being involved. But what was that decision for y'all? I mean, we kind of went through, um, unfortunately, a kind of a rocky period for a few months. And I think that it was then that we realized that we couldn't live without each other. And it's not so much, I don't think, that getting the government involved, because I've yet to feel that. That's I've, great. I've yet to to say, oh, wait, the government's, like, infringing. I, I don't. It, it, it brings it up to another level. Before... We were together and, and, you know, been together for a while. But when you have that 
I'm not saying that piece of paper, but maybe that's what it is. But when you stand up there and you make that commitment, and that means something. Yes. And and it's like we made it before God and in front of our friends, and it really it really changed our relationship. Not that we were crazy or or anything before, or it just it kind of changed the dynamic. But because that we did that, got legally married, I was able to adopt Catherine's two sons legally. Oh. There's yes okay and so I had been with them ever since four four years old and six years old too Sal and Mason so I had one child uh, Ethan who bartended at Oz in the pub and so he's in California right now and Catherine had Raquel who was a teenager I'm trying to think do the math she had to be 15 16 when we got together. And so, and even though they're older and they were doing their own thing, we gave a home and a family to the little boys. So it was cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. See, that's a real, that's why I'm like, I'm like, I'm not against marriage. I'm like, I just want to understand why people make that decision. I'm like, why not just be together forever? But like, it sounds like that for you meant something. And Mm -hmm. also you got to have this family unit the way that you wanted to. Right. And and it was like when you find the right one, you know, you'll want that. I really believe that. Some people I, I know and, and no shade on anyone, but you know, like that when it was when it was okay for everybody to get married, it was legal. And then you know, some people just kinda rushed in and then they divorced, rushed in, divorced and and I'm like, no, that's not what this is about. I don't get any extra pay or any more recognition for, <laughs> for you know, being married as long as we have. But it has to mean something. Yeah. It has to. It, it just has to because it, it's not a game. All these people that we, you know, we hold up during Pride Month, which we should hold up every month and every week and every day, they didn't go through what they did for, for us to just go crazy and treat it like it's a game you know it's it's not a game it's a it's a gift and it's what you make out of it yeah that's beautiful thank you you're gonna make me cry now we're all just gonna do something you ought to put some white kleenex or something on i wasn't ready i wasn't ready for (laughs) it put the zinger on you Real quick, you know, as we wrap this up, uh, just a couple more Has it more been things. two hours? It has no, been no, three hours. It is longer than the movie We're Titanic doing... officially. Right. Uh, if this was VHS times, we'd be a two-taper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know it's long. Right. Well, I want to talk real quick about the Les Talk show okay, that you're sure. doing. And then also, what's next for you? Because I know you have a ton of great stuff lined up. And I know you've been, you know, working really hard with different groups in the community. So I just wanted, you know, a chance for you to share what you're doing now and kind of how people can interact. Thank you. We've been doing it for about a year now. It's called Let's Talk About It, L-E-Z. Let's Talk About It. And it's hosted by myself and Jeffrey Palmquist, which I thought would be kind of cool to have a different perspective, mm-hmm. you know, than it just being just all lesbian or whatever. And then plus, I don't know, uh, Catherine, you know, when she asked me, she goes, how did you choose? Because me and Jeff were friends, but we weren't like best friends or anything. And she goes like, what What was your reason in choosing Jeff? And I said, I don't know. I just knew he was the one to do this with. I just knew it. Yeah. And so far, I mean, we've, we mm-hmm. work well together. But what we do is it's a weekly uh, live 
LGBTQ weekly show every Wednesday at 7. And we're on Facebook right now, but last week we started on YouTube. So okay. we're supposed to be going to Spotify and all this streaming stuff really soon. So I really enjoy doing it. I think that that's one of the things that I found. You know, like I said, I enjoy being on stage. I enjoy karaoke and all that. But the talk show has really kind of... I've really meshed with and, and found that, that it's something that I, I feel that when I do it, I feel like, oh, okay, that, that it's helped. Maybe, you know, like whoever's watching it and all four of them. No, yeah. no, it's a little bit more than that. But, um, I see the comments. You have people watching it. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, they do. Um, but, you know, like I'm hoping that the goal that I have in the show is that it inspire. And that it makes you want to do more for others. And, and if you need help, that you ask help and you know that there's people out there who care and that you want, that, that want to help you. There's people out, actually out there that wants to help others. And sometimes they're kind of hard to find. But that's the, what I want to show, you know, to be seen on my show. And also that we, we do the spotlight on people that maybe, maybe don't get the recognition, that don't get the HRC honors or the GLAAD awards or anything like that. But you do, you, like people do every day they go when they do something or once a, whatever it is that they, they're just grinding away doing stuff. And, that, and that's what it's about. And that's what I want to try to portray to everybody. And as far as uh, what's coming up, I really enjoy doing stand-up comedy. Now, I'm not saying, you know, whenever I'm yeah. invited, I'll do it again. And, but I'm, yeah. I really enjoyed that. That was, like you said, a high. I enjoyed doing that. And I'm, I just have, like a lot of projects coming up, I have the 12-hour telethon. You, were, you yeah. came and were a guest on my 10-hour last year. And now we're going to do the 12-hour and then the Winter Wonderland. I mean, it takes months. Like, actually, I'm, we're supposed to be planning now for it. And it'll be the last Sunday of November. But it just... There's always something. Yeah. Always That's something. great. You're always keeping busy. Right. So also for the past five years, how RuPaul does the snatch game. Mm-hmm. Now we do Johnny Passion's uh, smatch game <laughs> and have the queens, you know, dress up and, and for Southern decadence. So I don't know if I'll do it this year, last year. I don't think, no, we didn't get to do it last year. But I'm hoping if I can't bring it back that we can next year. But there, there's always, just about every other month we're doing something. So That's awesome. So let, let everyone know where they can find you. Oh, so okay. They can, you know, follow you and know when all this cool shit's happening. Because it's not just in New Orleans. Like, the Les Talk About It show, like, you can, it, it's streaming everywhere. So you could be anywhere in the world and watch it. Right. It's on my Facebook page, Misty with an I, Misty Gaither and Gaither with an I, not a Y. We'll also have it in the liner. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but you can, uh, on my Facebook page, it is public, so anybody can see. You can also friend me, which is cool. Uh, the YouTube channel, the Music Exchange Radio Network, go subscribe there. And like I said, we're going to be on Roku soon, Amazon, Fire Stick. Spotify, different ones, and I'm excited. I'm kind of scared, but I'm excited about about everything. Be excited, yeah, yeah. It's, it's gonna be okay, and and it's you just gotta keep when you get discouraged. You just gotta reboot and just keep on, keep on. You know? Yeah, and especially post COVID, it's like we had a year where we lost a lot of stuff, you know, that we were planning, and now things are starting to get back, and it's like now is go time. Oh, yeah, it's definitely go time, and and there's people, you know, we really, and it's not to say, oh, we're so great or whatever, because Mm -hmm. it's not that way, but we didn't let COVID slow us down. We did two or three food drives. We even did a water bottle drive for Houston, the Pie Pantry in Houston, and and me and Catherine and Cody and Kahlua, our puppy, we took food and donations out in Houston. So there there are ways to help people that you may not even think about, or and we just 
because the need, the need is still there and it'll always be there. So we'll always be doing stuff. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to whatever you have next, which is going to be karaoke for me and you. Right, <laughs> right. Not this Friday, next Friday. Next Friday. Birthday. <laughs> I am not on social media because you won't want to see what I look like. Ah. <laughs> but thank you so much for doing the podcast. Oh, thank you. This has been so fun. Thank you for like being open. This is what I love about it is, you know, it's performers like you go on stage, but you don't get to like always go deep with things. And there's so much to you that I, you know, I, I learned a lot and I've known you for a while. So thank you so much for doing this. Well, you know, I appreciate you inviting me. Always an honor to be with you. Thank you. All right. Thank you.
our guest, Misty, for sharing her world with you. Special thank you to Ryan Golub for your help with our theme song. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Amanda G. Send us some love on social media, Twitter, Queer to My Heart, Instagram and Facebook, Near and Queer to My Heart. Be old school and email us, nearandqueertomyheart at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. We hope you have a wonderful day and thank you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.